Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God and respond to His Word in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. All of us are followers here. We're learning to listen to God, to meditate on whatever He says, and then to respond to Him in prayer. I invite you, if you're new to our podcast, to follow or subscribe to this podcast on your favorite provider so you don't miss any episodes. I'm really thankful for you as one of our followers of this podcast, and I would ask you to share it with a friend and bring them along on the journey too. In season three, we're praying through the Psalms, both some of our favorites, as well as some that are lesser known, or maybe even harder to pray. Today, we're going to look at Psalm 14, which is a little lesser known and maybe seems like a strange choice for us to pray, given the way that it's worded. But I think you'll find something really special and powerful in Psalm 14. It's a spiritual truth that God is everywhere. But there are people who deny it. There's no God stopping them from doing whatever they please, at least for now. But it won't be that way forever. I would just ask you, as you're listening to this, to try to get in touch with the times in your life, if it's ever happened, that you actually doubted or you questioned, is there a God? Almost everyone has that experience at some time in their life. Something shakes us, whether it's an intellectual question or whether it's a deep spiritual question that arises within us. Is there really a God? Is God listening? Is there a God hearing my prayers? Is there a good God when I see so much evil around me? Think about the time that you've questioned God's very existence. The intent of our podcast is to apply the truth of God's message beyond the first 15 minutes to the rest of your life. We follow a four-step process that you can download and find it at wordofprayer.com. When we look at Psalm 14, we find in it a portion of scripture that doesn't just repeat the truism, God is everywhere, and ignore those people who say otherwise. It tackles the problem of God's existence, or more specifically, those who deny God's existence very forcefully. And it calls God deniers fools and shows exactly where that path in life leads. If you deny God's existence, this is where it's going to lead you on a practical level. It also shows us the only way forward, which is seeking God with insight and understanding, being wise, and calling on God to save us. Listen as I read Psalm 14. A fool thinks to themselves. There is no God. They are corrupted, ruined. They act horribly. No one does good. Yahweh looks down from heaven on humanity to see if there is anyone with insight and understanding. Do any really seek God? All have turned aside from God and joined together in going bad. No one does good, not a single one. Do they really not know all of them doing evil by devouring my people? They eat Yahweh's bread but don't call on him? There they shake 
trembling in fear, for God is found among the righteous. The plans of the poor may be put down, because Yahweh is their final refuge, not their plans. Who will bring salvation for Israel out of Zion? Yahweh will bring back his captive people, and Jacob will shout, and Israel will rejoice. We mentioned about some of the obstacles that we have sometimes in reading the Psalms. And in that last verse, one of those that comes from Israel's history, one of the obstacles uh, kind of jumps out at me. Because this Psalm seems to assume a setting or a time in Israel's history after the exile. Or perhaps even in the midst of exile whenever God's people were carried off. So there were two different experiences of this. The northern kingdom of Israel was carried off in the 8th century by the Assyrians, and they never returned back to the land of Israel. That was their lasting judgment for their wickedness. They had not a single good king who sat on the throne in north Israel. The southern kingdom of Judah, their last captivity was in the 6th century BC. They were carried off to Babylon, and a remnant, a small number of those people, returned 70 years later back to the land and resettled there. And so the verse that says, Yahweh will bring back his captive people, and Jacob will shout, and Israel will rejoice. This psalm seems to have a setting where it was composed in the midst of captivity, whenever God's people were living in a foreign land and were looking forward to their return back to the, the land of their faith. Well, this psalm, Psalm 14, has pretty strong connections also with Psalm 10. In fact, in the Hebrew, it's exactly the same words that start Psalm 14, where it says, There is no God those same words are also found in Psalm 10, verse 4. It's a denial of God's presence. But denying God is very arrogant. To do that is to put yourself on a God-like level and claim that you know all the truth and you have evidence necessary to deny God. And this psalm calls that foolish and corrupted thinking in fact, evil and wickedness are destructive and negative. Those who want to practice evil and wickedness really don't want to live in a world of wickedness and evil. They want to do wicked and evil things, but they want other people to act righteous and good so that they can get away with their wickedness and not have to suffer the consequences. They don't want to, they don't want to come across someone who's more wicked and more evil than them who's going to threaten their life or their pleasure of living life on their own terms. So evil and wickedness is ultimately self-defeating. No one wants to live in a world that is just run amok by wicked and evil people. We can see every day that it's easier to tear things down than it is to build things up. God looks down for those wise enough to seek him. What God is masterful at is creating, at making things good, at restoration, restoring things, healing, constructive work. These 
are God's forte, the things that he's really good at. The righteous and the wise are lining up with God in building something positive. The righteous and the wise people are the ones who focus on restoration and salvation and celebration, not criticism and destruction and tearing things apart. The world we live in looks like evil is everywhere. Look closer, though, and you will see God at work among the righteous. The bigger reality is that there is more than just the world we live in. There is a God in heaven, and his expert work is in setting things right, which includes salvation even for this world. Pray with me, please. God, open our eyes to see more of what you see more than the evil and corrupt and tiresome things all around us. Open our hearts to know you more, to seek you, and to set our hearts on the things you care about. You are our refuge. You live among the righteous. Save and deliver me from plague, from evil, from my own waywardness. Let all tremble before you. There is a living God among us. Amen. Today I want to challenge you to take this psalm, the truth that we have prayed, and to turn this into a positive, powerful profession. I want you to find some way today to affirm in a positive way, there is a God. Whether you say it with your own mouth and lips to someone else as a confession of faith, or whether you do it as a deed, as an act, in the face of some wrong or evil, by forgiving someone, by doing good, by doing something creative and constructive, live out the truth of this psalm there is a God. There is a higher reality, a higher good at work, and I'm lining up my life with it. Today's episode is brought to you by God Help Me Grow, learning to pray through the Psalms, which you can find on Amazon or linked to in the show notes. Until next time, keep listening to God's Word.